0: Up to you. Seed 5 Metamorphosis,
1: September 23rd and 24th, a free online conference about the occult, esotericism, freedom, history, philosophy, symbology, and natural law. Register at seedtruth.com.
0: hello hello welcome friends to the end evil podcast this is chris jansen and evil is the destruction of freedom this podcast is um, i've been running it for a few years now at least two <laughs> haven't Kept, I should keep track of the date it started, but um, I'm really proud to say that over time, um, we've, we've just been keep running every week. We try to keep going every Thursdays, and I'm um, always trying to welcome new folks in. And so tonight, I'm going to do another roundtable discussion, if anyone's around to join me for a chat. But before we get started on that, I wanted to uh, just share with you guys some really awesome things that um, I think you'd, you'd like to hear about. Uh, we, we recently did an episode with a friend of mine from Autonomy, and um, if you haven't heard of Autonomy, I recommend checking it out. You can go to my website, and evil.life, and on the sidebar, there's a little uh, square, if you go on any episode, that's, that shows the Autonomy logo there, and if you click on that, you'll learn more about it. But uh, um, a friend of mine, Agnieszka from Autonomy, was recently on my show. And it was a good episode, and it was called um, Somatic Body Activation. Is that what it was called? Let me bring up the – I have right here on my computer the um, recent show we did, and I'll share that with you. Oh, well, I guess I can't just show the image the way I was planning. But um, here's her website, and I'll share with you the uh, new website logo. Her uh, new website is called ownyourbodylanguage.com. And here I'll show you uh, what that looks like. And she's doing classes. And uh, these classes are coming up. And a lot of people showed interest after seeing that episode I did with um, Agnieszka. Um, And always want to remind folks that you can check out uh, the YouTube page and the YouTube channel, and you can find there the um, recent episodes under the live tab. So she's doing upcoming classes on Tuesdays and Fridays. And if you go to uh, ownyourbodylanguage.com, you can click the button and um, set yourself up to check out these classes and learn about um, how to read faces, how to read bodies, how to... um, Really understand yourself better, too. It's powerful knowledge, and um, I recommend to check it out, folks. So, uh, yeah. Like I was saying, if you go on YouTube, um, don't forget to check the live tab. That's where all the recent shows are. I haven't got them all loaded up to all the other um, sites yet. And, by the way, I'm looking for help. If somebody would like to volunteer some help for the And Evil podcast, I could totally use some help getting uploads done, something I've been having a heck of a time keeping up with but um recently i've been very excited about um the seed conference which is coming up september 23rd and 24th and that event's just so full of awesome speakers i want to show you a quick little glimpse of the website uh seedtruth.com and um you know you can just there's just such an amazing lineup of people um, for this event coming up. And I know myself, I've been working for hours and hours getting my presentation ready. And um, everybody else who's presenting is doing the same, I'm sure. Uh, cramming it in here, getting everything ready. It's going to be multi-streamed on multiple platforms. Um, there's two full days just packed in of awesome speakers. You can sign up with your email um, address on SeedTruth.com James Cordner is going to speak Brandon Spencer, Nate Cap, Douglas Martin, Brandon Martin Mark Devlin, Logan Hart Leslie Powers Will Keller Myself Mine is the crap within a trap Brian Easterday, Dorian Greens Patty Logger Mark Passio Dylan McCormick, Seth the Cusboza Corey Enderlatt Chris Nelson, Indica Martin. It's just, uh, it's going to be an incredible event, and I'm really looking forward to that. And I can't wait to see you guys there. Um, I know it's going to be a long weekend because those days are are just going to be um, packed in. Um, we looks like we got some folks in the chat. Welcome, uh, Chris Nelson, and Sarah, and uh, Livercast. That's. Uh, <clears throat> And Jerry and Brandon Martin, we got a bunch of awesome people here. So I'm going to go ahead and put the um, Restream link in the chat. And if anyone wants to join me today, you can come on in and um, join me for what I wanted to talk about today is principles. I had a a pretty difficult um, conversation. Oops, I just put (laughs) that's I put in the chat just now um, the website, my friend Agnieszka that I was sharing with you all but um i i am now going to find the um link to today's show which i thought i put right there oh i see what i did <laughs> got a little bit lost in the um in the mix there but i will get that going in just a second for you guys i want to have some friends join so i'm going to need to give you guys the link so um, I misplaced it so I'll just get it from is that it maybe someone can test this out for me see if that is the correct link if anybody pops in then I'll know I got it right and um, yes Anyway, so I was going to tell you guys a story. I got uh, a little distracted trying to figure out the link here, but I was going to tell you guys a little story. I was talking to a friend of mine and he was telling me about, um, back when people were all wearing masks and there was a person in line at the DMV and, um, you know, somebody in the line said they didn't want to wear the mask and that was holding up the rest of the line. And, um, This person, friend of mine I was talking to was further back in the line and got frustrated with the person who did not want to wear the mask and um, went and asked that person to comply, basically, so that everybody didn't have to stand out in the hot sun um, waiting forever. And so... um, We had kind of a difficult discussion about that. Okay, that must have been the wrong link. Here it is. Okay. I just put the link in the chat, friends. Anybody that would like to join me, go ahead and jump in. Um, if you want to join me in the conversation, um, please have uh, your headphones because otherwise we can get feedback if your speakers are playing out loud. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I Chris just mentioned in the chat that um, it said this event already, it, the first time I used their old link, I found a new one, and there it is. Yeah, Chris. Cool. Okay, so we know it works because Chris is here. Uh, welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Hey. Nice to be back.
1: I just got okay. a, I got a flu. I'm under the weather. Just
0: to... You're a little quiet. Um, can you maybe turn up your mic just a little bit?
1: Uh, yeah. Give me a minute. I'll see if I can fix that.
0: Oh, that's. I can hear you. So yeah, I was having this difficult conversation with a friend, and it, and we were we started talking about principles. And, um, you know, I get kind of heated on on the um, issues regarding the covid the things that happened during that period of time, especially the masks that really rubbed me the wrong way. And so, um, you know, hearing how some of the other people dealt with that and the situations they got into um, really kind of just brought up this whole idea about of principles and how do we actually um, align more with principles in this crazy world we're in these days where the lines are blurred basically. Um any thoughts on that Chris?
1: Uh yeah, well people don't really understand what principles are. So that's the problem. It's what's in in the consciousness that is going to drive everything else. So if they don't they don't even understand that they're they're enslaved because it all works by definition. So if you don't have the accurate definition of what something is then you can't know if you have it or if you lost it. And, uh, yeah, the, it's pretty horrible, the The level of compliance with just arbitrary dictates from the would-be masters. and yeah, it's, a, it's a conundrum to, to figure out. You know, uh, if it wasn't for people speaking up uh, about the problem, there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't be aware of it, or at least at a a deep enough complexity, I suppose, philosophically. But uh, I always say the past, <clears throat> sorry, I always say the past three years are a blessing um, because chaos is a teacher and suffering is a teacher. And think of all the people who like started stuff or who got more aware of the problem because of what happened. You know, one example is like uh, Del Bigtree. Before this, had no clue about the actual open conspiracy and uh, you know for him it would have just been nonsense but he's he's, I think he's interviewed Corbett I'm not sure but the same for uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr he has Corbett on I think one of his morning shows like he had him on several times on one of the guests there so you know all of this has helped people awaken to the deeper levels of tyranny and enslavement that we live in that they would not have seen otherwise and they would still continue in whatever awareness they have whether it's for the the risks and uh, potential dangers of any injection that you put into your your body or uh the the severity of what we have now or the severity of what will come later it's that's why i view it as a blessing chaos is a teacher it's the only way to get people to wake up to uh, to some of the enslavement then they realize that oh yeah well, they, they probably don't call it enslavement yet. They need more education into terms to have that proper definition. But, you know, they're aware that the world doesn't work the way they thought. And that's the beginning of the, the true awakening, as far as I'm concerned. That's what did it for me in 2006, was the catalyst that, you know, I watched Terror Storm, and, well, this isn't how I thought the world worked. It was so shocking. But then that started me on my knowledge quest, my, my quest for truth. I'll end it there.
0: Well, um, oh yeah, look, um, Fred just he said he'd join us in a minute, in a few minutes here. That's Livercast. Um, Chris, what what was the catalyst for you to kind of like get that uh, reality slap?
1: Well, there was a, a torrent site, so I was back in tor- back into torrents like as soon as they came out, almost I guess. And uh, you know, there was a big one called uh, Supernova. And that one got shut down, and then eventually I went to a private tracker where you had to have an account to sign in. And I was just getting bored of everything, and then finally, like, this thing, Terrorstone, because I've always been, I don't know, interested by conspiracy theories, but never looked into them. Like, whenever there's movies of, like, conspiracies going on, I'm, like, super into it, and all the the subterfuge and the deception and trying to uncover it and the mystery behind that and all that. It's always interested me, but... I was still, uh, I didn't have enough care to, I guess, look into it actually, or give it any attention to ignorant or arrogant or whatever. And, but it was a, a torrent for a terror storm by Alex Jones. I was like, oh, well, this looks interesting. So I watched it and I only got halfway through. I only got up to the part where it talks about the John Yu memo. I don't know if you're familiar with this. No. The John Yu memo was saying, was, like, I don't remember if it's authorizing, but it was a memo, it was essentially authorizing the torture of enemy combatants' children in order to get them to confess or to just make up whatever the torturers wanted them to say. You know, that's how it works oftentimes. And that just really shook me to my core. It wasn't even, as most people in the past three years, it had to be something personal for them. They were affected by the increase, the ratcheting up of slavery, the increase in tyranny. And then they started to care when it happened to them. But for me, it was this happening to other people and realizing, whoa, that's like mind-blowing. And I, I had to put it down and like process that. And I looked into it and you can find the memo. It's a true thing. And uh, yeah, and then eventually I watched the second half, but that started me on my, my knowledge quest to like, you know, that was my catalyst. There was suffering. It wasn't suffering for me, but it was suffering for others. And then that got me to care more and to seek out more. So then I eventually got into Alex Jones for like nine months and then moved on from there progressively to different things until, until you get to Pasio And then that's like uh, the best source of information I find. And uh, yeah, and then you get, to really understand things a lot more deeply.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, for so many of us, that, that can opener is actually a very bitter pol- pill. You know, people use that, the black pill term, you know. Um, but um, I've also heard Richard Grove say, you know, he likes to white pill. That's his style, you know, information. You know, he connects the dots. And um, I think he's another powerful speaker. You got um, Larkin Rose out there. And we've, we've just recently seen the Jones Plantation But, um, you know, I came across quite a few podcasters on my journey, just looking up the subject of freedom became my interest. And the more I looked into freedom, anybody that did a podcast about freedom, you know, it started kind of exposing me more to these concepts. But the thing that concerns me with um, what we see going on now, or like you're saying, so many people kind of got shaken. I think a lot of people got shaken by um, the whole experience of the of the pandemic, of the scamdemic, and it did. It pushed people in these, like I'm saying, awkward situations, standing in lines with people, people uh, elbow to elbow over toilet paper and, um, you know, pushing each other around over masks or vaccines, all these uncomfortable situations. I think it was a traumatizing event for a lot of folks, but my concern is a lot of folks are going to say, oh, there's a problem, and we see, like, this huge movement with... um, the right conservative calling out the ridiculous things that the left are doing, which is true. But um, a lot of times it wants to stop there or the solutions are a new person in power or a new government or just change the rules. And um, that's where I really find myself disagreeing with folks and saying like, we need to get back to the principle of the thing. And like you're saying, um, Chris, Mm the word principle itself is not well defined. So I think a good place to start is to do a little bit of that defining work. Um I looked it up on um just what is this new Webster, you know, just your basic dictionary. And uh it defines principle as a noun, a comprehensive and fundamental law, doctrine or assumption, a rule or code of conduct, uh a, hab- a habitual devotion to right principles. Oh that's just giving you a little more context. Um The laws or facts of nature underlying the working of an artificial device. Um, An underlying faculty or endowment, an ingredient that exhibits or imparts a characteristic quality. Um, Looks like we got Sarah joining us. Let me bring Sarah in. Welcome, Sarah. And then um, I looked up the etymology of principle, and it comes from origin, source beginning and um it's like a basic assumption latin principium which is a beginning a commencement or origin so um you know sometimes the way i think about it is you can question anything and um the more you ask questions the further you can go into a topic but it's it's a difficult thing to do is to um Be able to keep asking questions until you back up against something that is um, like that's as far as you can go. And that's when you get to a principle. And I think that's kind of like what philosophy is really ultimately all about is to try to discover principles. And it's kind of like, from my point of view, it's almost like digging in the earth. There are things you find that um, they just are what they are. You know, people can argue about what we should do with them. But a rock is a rock, you know, and a black rock is a black rock. We can all agree on usually that basic concept. And I think that's uh, basically, you know, origin is as deep as you can go with a thing. I don't know. Does that make any sense, Chris? What do you think about the definition there?
1: Yeah, I have uh, some slides from a presentation I haven't completed on the law of freedom. And, uh, yeah, two I got, one was from lexico.com is a a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. Uh, the second one from that site is a general scientific theorem or law that has numerous special applications across uh, a wide field. And, uh, the Cambridge Dictionary says a basic idea or rule that explains or controls how something happens or works, like the principles of the criminal justice system. Those aren't founded on, on true justice, though, but uh, they, they have principles. And what I get at in, in this presentation is that you can put anything first in your life as a foundation to build upon. to Because that's what Maat was in uh, ancient Egypt. Was a, it was a plinth. And that's like where you put a statue on, and it holds up the the statue or the pillar. And the plinth was the foundation. So the plinth, uh, ma'at, is supposed to be the foundation. Ma'at represents truth, moral truth, uh, righteousness, um, justice, law. So that's what's embodied by that symbolism, is that's what's supposed to be our actual foundation. But anyone can put anything as their principle. So you can make up things that are... You can. Put things that are true as your foundation that might not be as important as as moral truth, and you put them above moral truth. So that's still a failure. But you can also uh, invent things like oh uh, well survival of the fittest. That's how I'm going to live, and that's my first principle. So principles can be false, and they can be true. So there's true principles and false principles. But the principle itself, like looking at the etymology as well, uh, as well it's you know, the beginning, the foundation, it's the first catcher from primus and seps. So it's the thing that stains everything else that you build on top. And yeah, so people can hold fundamental assumptions or beliefs and things that are false and incorporate them into their state of being as a principle to drive their behavior and their motivations forward.
0: Thanks, Chris um sarah you got your audio working
2: yeah can you hear me
0: yeah you're coming in clear welcome thanks for joining us sarah and fred yeah go ahead sarah why don't you uh, add something were you were able to keep up with what chris and i were just talking about the definition of principle
2: oh um a little bit i, w- I was trying to use my tablet because it's a little bit easier but i think these headphones are on their way out so it messes with the tap, <laughs> and then we'll suddenly just cut off all volume. So I, I couldn't really hear
3: Oh, that's
0: all good. Um, a um, lot of it.
2: It was in and out, but.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. I'm, I'm like constantly dealing with audio issues. <laughs> Everyone I know understands my uh, frustration with that about audio issues. It's like one thing mm-hmm. or another. Um, but yeah, well, glad you joined us. Um, on to, uh, let's see if Fred, what's up, man? How you doing?
4: Hey, how you doing, Chris? I'm I'm doing fine, uh, but I'm busy as hell. No, this new web design course is is keeping me busy, man.
3: <laughs> ah, okay.
4: Yeah, I, I uh I decided to go forward with um I was inspired by you guys and, and the one great work and the course that um Mark Passio's uh <laughs> how to be the true media. Um gave me a lot of inspiration for that, so I decided to go forward and do a course on that. So, uh, I mean, I I, I didn't want to go back working in the factories and have these shitty jobs, and uh, I wanted to do something better with my life, and in uh, the same way, helping the great work and helping people around me.
0: Right on. That's exciting. Um, I've also been like super busy recently because you know preparing for the Seed Conference, which is coming up quick. You know, you guys saw all the advertisements on that, obviously. But um, yeah, it's a busy time. Um, I got something I could share here. Uh, let me see if I can bring in my my share screen. You know, since this is the End Evil podcast, I looked up Jeremy Locke what he had to say on um, principles and he has this section right in chapter two that says principle versus law and he says to understand how evil controls people it is necessary to understand the difference between principle and law a principle is a truth that creates freedom a law is a lie that creates slavery and um but just that alone right there's a pretty good start um principles describe reality so i think um you know that's huge just that by itself the difference between law and principle um i think many folks that i have discussions with they get kind of lost in that um in law being rules you know and um the person who i was having this discussion with about that i was describing earlier in the show is like Everybody's standing in a mask in a line and somebody's holding up the line. And this person's getting frustrated with that person who is arguing with the DMV person about, you know, having to take their mask off. And I was in similar situations. And um, I asked myself about principles. Well, on one hand, you shouldn't even be at the DMV if in principle, if you're a true anarchist, right? Like you wouldn't even deal with those people. Right. But there's a lot of aspects of our society where we've, Compromise to a certain extent. We'll drive a car even though we know that gas comes from evildoers who are using that money or these corporations, you know, like Amazon. Like there's always like slippery slopes in a lot of things we do in society. But how do we go back to being more people of principles and making our (coughs) life choices out of a place of what's right from principle and not just what we have to do because that's what everyone else is doing or that's what our society is pushing us into? So um, maybe that gives you something to jump off on, Sarah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I do have a couple of thoughts by that. Whenever I think about stuff like that, I I think about, you know, well, when I, I was younger, there was somebody somewhere in my childhood who kind of instilled in me that um, if you want to set an example, then you lead by example. And oftentimes it's like, You know, you ever hear of like, you know, children, children don't hear what you say. They see what you do. So when you behave a certain way, that's going to like absorb a lot more into the subconscious than just saying you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way or whatever, or just even teaching them like principles of, you know, natural law or God's law, whatever people want to call it out there. Um, But just understanding that when you show them how to behave, then it actually makes a difference in how they behave as adults. So um, because it's like leading by example and what you were and you could practice this with like little things all throughout your life with all kinds of different things. Like you were talking about your story with the DMV um, and the guy was getting upset about um, having to wear a mask in the DMV. Well, um, a couple of years ago, um, well, I, I never wore a mask throughout the entire thing. I just flatly refused to out of principle, you know, and standards of my own health. So, um, I, there was one experience I had where I went into a Joanne's Fabrics, um to get a couple of things I needed for a commission. And I'm the only one in there at that time without a mask on because this was during the thick of it. And there's this whole line of people all wearing masks. And I'm standing there in the line. And of course, everybody around me is like very, very, very far away from me. Because they're all like tripping out. But then there's this one guy right behind me, and he's like looking at me. I can feel him looking at me. He's like, you know, five, 10 minutes. He's just looking at me, watching me stand there without a mask. And he goes, Yeah, yeah, okay. And he takes his mask off, like, not pulls it down, takes the whole thing off. And we were talking a couple of minutes and I don't even remember what it was, probably something anti, you know, establishment. something. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know what? And he like takes his mask off and the woman behind him immediately jumps back like three feet. Um, so I kind of figure when I'm in situations like that, or even when I'm with my kid situations like that happen, I, I kind of just stand my ground the way that I'm going to do things. And other people, even if it's just one person, might think, take that in and be like, yeah, okay, I see, you know, you're not afraid. And why should I be? And they'll see that. And that in itself could give people that little bit of boost of bravery that they might need because they're seeing somebody else not cow down to or cower down to whatever the supposed rules are.
0: Right. I I had a couple pretty inspirational moments like that too, you know, but on the other hand, then there were the other moments like the one in that story where it's kind of the opposite, like the person who is trying to stand up for what, what I think's right, you know, Um, is getting harassed by the other people in the line because now that person's holding up the line or that person's a different one. And a lot of people really did think in their own head that if you weren't wearing a mask, that was somehow dangerous to others. And they believed that um, narrative. So in their head, you you are doing the wrong thing. Not only are you not following the rules, but you're also getting in the way of them exercising their freedom to do what they need to do and slowing down their process. And I understand the point of view, even though I disagree with it. And so to me, that's where we have to kind of like take it to principles to really sort out what's right and what's wrong. And is it just right because I'm saying it or because I think it or is it because it's right inherently? And people just need to understand the difference between right and wrong, which is what I think. But why why people have so much trouble seeing that that I talk to um in the public friends, family is still mind blowing and still you know I think one of the main reasons we have these discussions so we can work through these topics and like how do we bridge these gaps um any thoughts, Fred uh
4: yes, actually, I wanted to hat uh, on uh Sarah's uh talking about children and and I, I wanted to bring it, I, I took a note there. And what, something that is intimately attached to that is the principle of causality. And causality is how I deal with my children. I mean, they do something, there's a consequence to it. And then I, I try I explain to them, if you do something or you move something or you say something, there's actually effect on what you're doing. And if you're doing evil deeds, if you're doing wrong to people, you're going to actually, it, it's it's going to come back. You know, there, bad deeds, you get bad results. It's simple as that. You know, sure, you can learn them like fundamental principles like fire burns, you know. Water is good when you drink it, but you cannot breathe in it. Things like that. There are principles that we know that we it's like totally applicable on, on our everyday <laughs> life. How you treat the others and things like that. And and I mean, if we had to put all the natural laws into one, it, it would be the, the the principle of causality. You know, everything is connected together. And then you have the the, the 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 behaviors and the consequences of living into a society that it's culture culturally uh driven and when this culture is broken, uh perverted and, and insipid, then the people are imbued with this principle of culture, you know? Because I mean people are very in influenceable. When they don't know about what mind control is, they're very easily and they're uh, controlled and gullible and naive. So, I mean, it comes in the two sides, both the the masculine imbalance and the feminine imbalance uh, schisms. I would uh, just to um, put an hiatus on on Mark Paschal's work on that because I think it's a really relevant. Uh, On to the point information that every kid, everyone, every adult, every people should know, you know, that there's consequence to what we're doing, the decisions that we take as individual and societally, societally. It's incredible. Well, that's a
0: good opportunity. um, What you're saying is a good opportunity, I think, Fred, to um, introduce the hermetic principles. I think Mm -hmm. all of us here are familiar with these, but perhaps listeners of the show um, might not have ever looked these up if you haven't checked out the Kybalion. This is sort of a good philosophy way of looking at reality, really. And I think, um, you know, (laughs) the ideas that Mark Passio talks about with natural law is encompassing these seven principles. And um, Fred just mentioned the principle of gender and the principle of cause and effect, which are two um, great ones. Like you said, we can find lots of examples to share with children. And, um, you know, I think if we can share things with children, that's awesome. Those of us that are parents and that have an opportunity to affect, um, educate young ones, you know, we can just share these things with them and they'll soak them in the more difficult thing is to bring them back to full grown minds that aren't aware of these concepts. And, um, how do we blend them into, um, learning to that anybody can pick up on, I think has to be done through creativity in a lot of ways is kind of what I've realized in my work. Cause just talking about it, you basically get people that already understand it, but, um, you know, mentalism, is a big one too. You know, the idea that the universe is mental and that all is mind. And I think ultimately from my point of view, that's kind of like one of the biggest divides of terms of why people have such a difficulty with the idea of uh, principles is that they're not, um, completely sure that reality is, um, real. You know, there's people that think that it can change or you can have a truth and I can have a truth and we can all, you know, have our own version of what's right, but there's no actual um, one thing that is right or wrong. And, you know, it's not easy to prove that is the case necessarily. On one hand, and the other hand, it seems really simple to those of us who see that and get that. Um, So how do we bridge that gap? Um, Any more thoughts on that, Chris?
1: Well, you bring up a good point about uh, the solipsism inherent with uh, that idea. Because people will take it as uh, there is no reality. You know, um, there is no reality. Does that equate to reality is an illusion? Because Mark Passio has said that before. David Icke has said that before. But I view it differently. I don't view it as an illusion. You know, when uh, you say that at the fundamental level, everything is energy. Yeah, sure. But from that energy, it organizes into, maybe you could say patterns or certain ways. And then things are constructed and build up. So you could take, for example, your house. Is your house not real? Just because what's real is the wood or the plastic, or the metal, and that's what's actually real. If you're looking at it purely from a 3D perspective, well, the house is still real. It's just an organization and the construction of smaller units into larger units. So that's where I disagree that (coughs) reality is an illusion or uh, other sayings that try to say uh, reality isn't, oh, there's another one, reality isn't physical but it is physical. That's one of the properties that emerge from the lower levels that build up and eventually you get to the higher levels and physicality is something that emerges. And yeah, if you go down to lower levels, then it's uh, empty space or whatever that empty space is filled with, either ether or who knows what. But these statements, I view them as not accurate because they don't actually represent reality accurately because as I'm pointing out here, there's another way that makes sense of it that makes a lot more sense to me than just to say that uh, the physical reality is an illusion. Uh, there is no physicality. Every ne- atoms are 99.99% empty space. Yeah, but what does that matter? The atoms come together and build solidity in physical reality. So the physical reality does exist and that's where I exist and that's where all of you exist and we don't exist at the atomic level and we don't exist at the quantum level and we don't exist at the level of pure energy we exist here and now and that's where our work is to do is if we want to make our lives or potentially future lives whether it's decades or hundreds or thousands of years our goal most of us here is to end slavery or end evil and to do that you have to recognize the importance of where you are that you are here and this is where you are you're not whether there's some ascended other dimension there's a fifth dimension or a sixth dimension we're going to ascend to like a bunch of the new ages believe to. maybe i think that's bullshit but hey maybe maybe it's true but that's not where i am i'm here so i'm not going to worry about other levels, higher dimensions or lower dimensions of uh, the quantum world or the atomic world and try to relate everything to that and as if that's the reality that I live in. Because it's not. Those are different realities. So I'll just uh, end that there. So
0: I you're
3: mean, saying
1: they're...
0: that well, Sorry, we, we do matter.
1: <laughs> yes, Sorry, I have an I article it. on that, actually. I had to
0: get in that pun. <laughs> uh,
1: matter. Oh, Christ, I don't remember what it's called. I'll look it up and... Uh, but it's about, uh, earlier in my work, I was getting a lot into etymology links, so, um, you know, matter matters is one of the things I said in it, but it's, oh yeah, it's a, a mother nature, something, like, I can't remember, anyways, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll mention it, but yeah. it's about mother nature, and mother and is mater, and matter, all you do is remove a T. Ah, yes. So they're, they're linked. That's our mother nature, is this world of matter and energy too there, but the whole universe is Mother Nature, like the Milky Way, that's what the symbolism was in in ancient times of symbolism to try to explain, uh, try to gain understanding or try to make sense of things uh, external to us and internal to us by looking at what 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 it looked like and what it could represent related to things that we understood. And that's how correspondence usually works, is we try to Make correspondences from one thing to another, and sometimes the correspondences pan out, and you come up with scientific discoveries or whatever. You come up with true knowledge, and sometimes the correspondences, though they may seem accurate, which is why I'm also not a a uh, 100% believer in or applier of the uh, the principle of correspondence, where you can just say, "Oh, well, it corresponds, therefore it's true." Well, I don't I don't accept that because that's not That's not what determines if something is true, just because you can create an analogy between A and A prime, and you can see a link, a causal link or something. And then you look at something, and you're like, well, I see B prime, and it's analogous to A prime. So therefore, I'm going to extrapolate a correspondence between B prime and B at its source, and say that just because A leads to A prime, well, therefore, this thing that is B that I can't verify well, that also leads to B prime, or inversely, if uh, you have B, then you're going to say, oh, "Oh, well, it leads to B prime." It's it's not that simple. You have so to assumption, um,
0: logical fallacy, basically, right?
1: Yeah, but that's that's the problem I have with uh, the hermetic principles, and they're accurate for understanding things. And obviously, everything that we create as humans comes from our mind, and we engage in actions, and then we create into the world. So That is true, but I'm not sold on, I'm not denying it either, but is there, there could be an all, but I have no way of verifying that that thing is actually a thing, that it's the first cause, or maybe there's an infinite regress going backwards, and then there's a cause for the effect of the universe, and then that thing had a cause and effect. See, there's things I don't know.
0: I got to run run for just a sec, guys. My fire alarm's going off. I'm going to let you guys chat, and I'll be right back. Sorry, I take
1: more of an agnostic position of I don't know. And if people can explain it to me in a way that can be verified, then I'll I'll be like, yeah, great. And that's what I try to do in my work is to explain things so that it can be understood and people can verify it on, by themselves, such as uh, how, how we think and the processes of the mind or uh, natural law. So, yeah, I'll stop there
0: sorry about that luckily there's not a fire but our um, that's good our <laughs> washing machine broke today and started putting out smoke i had to go make sure what was going down <laughs> sorry i missed the end of what you're saying there chris um but fred you were going to pop in
4: the problem with uh you you have, uh just talked about this in the your last uh podcast about denial and is directly connected to that i think this spiritual infantilism is part of this this um regression this regression culture that we are in i mean i mean chris explained this perfectly you know the the the, the solipsist uh, uh aspect and the point of view and i i stumble upon these people during my great work, and it's very difficult to reason with these people. For the matter uh, of of the the guy I I was talking with uh, was a Buddhist. He was con- considering him a, a Buddhist, but um, he told me that rea- reality didn't exist, and I I'm not I was not sure if you were real, and I was like. Dude, if you cross the street and you don't look mm-hmm. on both sides, you'll maybe die, and that's real. You know, the trees are real, the, sol- the, the, the sun is real, nature is real, the people around you are real. It's 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 a it's a like spiritual mental illness. It's it's a it's theory. a, it's a uh, condition. It's a mental condition we have there, and you have a. Uh, uh, grown people that are actually roaming around and doing conferences and and meetings and things like that and they they're shoving these lies into people's throat just to make them feel better about being lazy or being being a bad person you know when when nothing exists it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter if the consequences because the people don't 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 believe in natural law don't people don't believe in principles anymore they they believe in to cult religions and laws and government and tyranny. This is what they're believing on in
0: well even that word you know gets tossed around um Fred uh, like well, I love what you're saying, but on the other hand too, like belief you know should we believe in natural law or is it something we should like know and discover you know and and when do we know that we know it and <laughs> you know it's like people i can kind of see other people's point of view and the way i talk sometimes and i think you and i have similar experience is that like they'll be like oh you're saying you're right and i'm wrong you know and they'll kind of get, start getting offended mm. by that and that'll bring up that defensive and I see how I'm coming across saying what I'm saying is the truth
3: <laughs> and
0: it just is what it is. Well, you know, someone who's like a fundamentalist in a religion will say, well, I know it is because I have faith and I believe it. You know, it's like, well, I'm saying I know what I know because I know it and I discovered it and it, and it's true across the board, but I understand hmm. how that comes across the people in a way that um, causes a lot of resistance does that make I mean,
4: sense?
0: I mean, I mean,
4: I do understand that perfectly. I, I, I've looked into natural law, and I consider that I understand them. And it, it, it has changed my life forever. I I don't believe anything. I'm checking objectively the information that I have. And I try to go everywhere as much as I can to, to uh, maybe some 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 things that I look are like uh like different point of view different beliefs they come from i i i'm not dealing with beliefs anymore you know this is why this is why we this is how I deal with people if i'm talking to about natural law to people i'm not gonna tell them to believe it i'm gonna tell them <laughs> <to> go <clears throat> just read it, understand it. Afterward, we can talk, you know, because if you you're you cannot, there's nobody who can tell me that cause and effect doesn't exist or mentalism. You know why? Because mentalism is is how we build this world. This is this is the 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 nature of nature. I don't know if I express it, if if it I express it wrong, but.
0: No, I think you're doing well. It's um oh yeah, Chris said hit the article he was trying to think of was, the story of matter and nature, the mother's womb. hmm And um yeah, nature. I love um, you know, nature. I think is a place of metaphors, you know, for us to learn. You know, like we don't want to necessarily act, just like animals do or like a plant does. Um, but we can look at how they interact, and that helps us understand um, concepts, you know, and and I think that's what's tricky about a lot of the things we're talking about is they're they're conceptual, but um, like Chris is pointing out, we are matter too in this world, so we're actually dealing with a lot of practical situations where if we were to be totally um, extreme with our what the other people would call beliefs, but even what we're talking about more based on principle, it would put us, the more we we base our decisions on principle, the more it would put us at odds with folks in society. And so we do to the point where we're willing or we're able, but, um, you know, we can't be a hundred percent on, on most things. I mean, I can't, you know, I, I'd like, like to more, I'd like to be more hardcore on all things, you know, like, um, I try to pick every area of my aspect of my life, what I eat, how I treat my body, how I treat other people, um, my relationship with the government, um, with the education system, each of these things, I've, when I I've come to these realizations and discoveries, I'm trying to kind of find a way to edge my way out of them or around them. But, you know, like my kids were already in school most of their lives by the time I came to realize these things. I already have a driver license and a car and I'm like, hmm, do I want to just stop Paying these fees and say I'm never dealing with these people again and risk (laughs) the rest of my life, you know, getting um, kidnapped by them. You know, it's like, how far are we going to go with these things? And then when we share them with other people, um, they're going to be like, well, you don't do this or you do that, you know. And and so um, that's kind of where I think we live in a little bit of a rock and a hard place where there are gray areas, you know, And in principle, I would never um, eat any food that came from any kind of corporation that I don't like, for instance, you know, or I would never even buy gas, you know, because I don't really like a lot of the structure of the way our oils built. The the oil dependence is one of the things that traps us into their, their laws and rules, you know? So, I mean, once you jump in, Sarah, what do you think about what I'm saying?
2: Oh, I agree. It's like a little bit complicated in the way where, like some people want to call, Oh, you're a hypocrite. And it's like, well, here's the problem. And like my, I don't know if like other people see this, but my personal theory is, is it's really not going to matter to too much extent if like we have driver's license, if we do this part or do that, that's like keeping us like in the stable part of at least a sta- somewhat of a stable part of society so that we can function to a certain extent because the real problem is that the cabal Satanists. And so nothing's really going to change until that group of people are done and gone with, and that they are not ruling the planet globally. We can't, nothing will change. It won't change with waste on, you know, how we waste plastic. There's tons and tons of plastic. That's unnecessarily made for all sorts of things, you know, that's like over the top and people are worried about recycling and they're worried about this and they're worried about that. But I think they're all just symptoms of the greater disease. So and I think that affects whatever government we have. I think it affects local government. I think it affects our local communities. I think it affects our medical institution, our educational institution. they they all have a root and it's because we have a power that's like controlling the entire planet and it controls everything that we consume in our lives. And it makes it very difficult to just be completely off the grid of that. Because like say in LA County, for example, it can be very tricky because in LA County, there are these like, I would want to have chickens and my own vegetable garden and like my own do my own thing or whatever. And they put fines on people who have certain things. So if you have your own like, you know, OR water system reserve tank in your backyard in a residential area, neighborhood, in your own backyard, if you have chickens in your own backyard, if you grow certain kinds of plants in your own backyard, you'll have the city come down and, like, bang on your door and fine you over and over until you just, you get rid of it. So it's, like, also the area, it's, like, depending on the county, and it's, like, everybody else who's, like, all about it. So I think, like, I would want to do everything kind of, you know, you know, make all my own stuff as well, but it's so hard when they own everything and they've got so many people who are you know walking around you know I mean kind of snitching to whoever the city council is or the local government or you know tagging you for this or that or whatever like they even like or your own, they own neighbors
0: even, turning you in because it's yeah. like an HOA A situation or like I was saying the other people in line because they have their things to get to and they're like how dare you Stand up yeah. for your beliefs when we all have other important things to go. I have friends that got caught in the Bay Area when there was some one of these kind of um, demonstrations going on and people marched out on the freeway <laughs> and shut the freeway down, right? Well, then the people in the cars that need to get home to their kids and their family are like, you're shutting down my freedom now, you know? And it's like things are getting all convoluted, right? Like, because maybe the people standing up for whatever they're standing up for, you know, in one of these busy cities like Oakland or something, maybe what they're standing up for is really noble, and it's on principle, right? But I'm just some guy heading home, and they're standing up for it in the way of me getting to something that's important in my life, right? And so, you know, there's a clash, right? It, I can see where these situations can get pretty convoluted very quickly, and I've been involved in them, some of these COVID situations, like. One, that same friend who I told you about got stuck in that. Um, he's been a lifetime friend. I love this guy, but we've had some disagreements. And when one time we were talking about the masks, he's like, well, it's the same thing as no shirt, no shoes, no service. Right. Like, and I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, a public place, do they really have a right to tell you no shirt or no shoes? You know, like, why is that? Why do we accept that? Because the more I thought about that, we probably should have never accepted that type of thing. Because it's my freaking body, right? If I don't want to wear a shirt, now to me, it's a whole nother level covering up your, <laughs> your breathing holes. But but hey, you know, I did get the argument he was making. I'm like, well, maybe we shouldn't have accepted that. Why do I have to wear shoes if I don't want to? You know. But we go along with some rules, you know. Yeah. So where's the principle end and begin? It, it gets it gets it does get tricky. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it can get tricky. Um and then with a situation like that, I would only say I, I'm looking at it kind of at a you know, more of a hygienic and medical biological safety issue. So no shirt, no shirt shoes. I can see a private business owner saying, Yeah, I don't want that. I would I, I want you to have like at least a shirt and shoes in my business because little kids come in here. In Walmart, I would say who cares about shirt and shoes? <laughs> um, but with like, cause it's like Walmart. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that website, the people Walmart.com. Check that out. That's just cracking you up all day. Like, but um, with the mask thing, I'd say in every single situation, wearing a mask absolutely is a dangerous health hazard. And I don't care if it's a little health hazard and it's only going to affect you a little bit. And, you know, like if people want to wear a mask, go wear a mask. It's your body. If you, that's why you want to damage your body, by all means, it's like, to me, it's like the same as abusing alcohol. It's like you're just damaging your body. Have fun with it. But I wouldn't agree with it. I wouldn't accept it or go along with it myself because I understand that it is a dangerous health hazard. And, will physically damage people. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it on me. I wouldn't put it on my husband. I wouldn't put it on my child. um, And I wouldn't recommend anybody doing it. So, I mean, I can see a private business owner saying, put a shirt on when you're in my store because I own this business and I have little kids in here. But when it's like a corporate business, it's like, yeah, why would you, like, they don't really have, any leg to stand on to tell you how to dress. So that, that would be the only kind of maybe exception to that. Or if it's like a restaurant, if you're going into a restaurant and people are eating, maybe it's just kind of common courtesy, maybe to put a shirt on. So, <laughs> so like, that's kind of, well, I, mean, I mean, I'm pretty I'm, easygoing about it, but you know, that's so how I, I think, would kind of see it.
0: You know, everyone might pop in with their own, you know, um, feeling on it right like we might feel differently about how people dress or what they wear or don't wear and whether we find it offensive or not but is that a principle-based decision you know and I think this is an important topic because from my point of view it's just a matter of time till something comes up in the public (laughs) next you know the precedent's already been set I personally the thing I'm concerned with like would be maybe checkpoints of some type you know, and um, if we're not making our decisions based on principles, but just based on how we feel about it, you know, um, we're going to run into one of these situations where these tyrannical folks are going to, you know, they're going to keep pushing the ball forward. They're going to keep trying the next thing, you know, whether it's next year or the year after or the year after that, it's going to be some kind of tyranny. That's going to be another level of taking away freedoms or rights. And, and I think the principle of the fact that somewhere we have to draw the line of what's the boundary of what's mine. And to me, that's my skin, you know, the boundary of my skin. And I don't even want to get into people argument about uh, property rights necessarily because that can get even kind of tricky. But why don't we just start right there with the boundary of our skin? If it's something interacting with the boundary of my skin, it's fucking mine. <laughs> and I get to choose what happens with it it right up to the point when I'm harming somebody else. And that point would be the line in to me in principle, because that's the nature universe that was created that I actually have physical control and command over everything within the skin outside of it. Not so much except in my ability to manipulate with um, good sales or conversation. Right. And um, other than that, it's force, it's brute force, which is crossing the line. Of the natural (laughs) law, which is just—I totally agree. Chris, Fred, either
3: you
2: guys
0: want to jump in, go
3: ahead.
0: It
1: all comes down to property rights, though, because what you're talking about is your property. So, for the store owner who can say uh, you're not allowed to come in with without boots or shoes or shirt and shoes or whatever, they can do the same thing with with masks. If they live in fear and they're afraid, well they can do it. And everyone else in society can choose to go to a store that isn't afraid. And what will happen to that business who is trying to force people to do something? They will go out of business. So it doesn't matter if it's a small shop or if it's a, a large corp, there's there's owners and I don't I don't agree with the corporate structure, but I'm saying like Say you had uh, whatever there's regional chains of like franchises that aren't like super huge corporations. And, uh, you know, (laughs) if you have someone that's uh, the main owner and then he has franchises, well, he still gets to decide what the rules are for the business. So the same thing, if people don't like it, well, they can go somewhere else and then you're out of business. So this is why it all comes down to numbers. Everything we've been talking about is about numbers. The same thing with the person on the freeway. Or the people on the freeway, and it, it also deals with uh, Satanism. For complete, you're focused on yourself, so yeah, you have needs. The people want to go home to do whatever they got to do, okay. But why are they protesting? What's that? A bunch of people just get murdered by uh, by the, the cult of Satan, the uh, the, <laughs> the police. You know, is that what happened? Okay, so why don't you care about it? Because you don't care. Because you just care about me myself and I, and the, my little circle of my family or my friends around me, but imagine if those people who were upset they got involved, and more people got involved to actually not comply and not go through the whatever the government wants they wouldn 't have a leg to stand on, and even more if people united together to defend each other, then everyone united against the, the goons of the state, the thugs of the state. Well, they couldn't combat everybody. And this is what happened in, uh, I think, Czechoslovakia. There's a video by uh, Academy of Ideas that came out yesterday on uh, why are people so obedient, uh, compliance and tyranny is the name of the video. I just watched it today. And he goes into that about Czechoslovakia He's referenced it uh, in other videos too. And people... It's like the only non-violent revolution where the government was toppled without like any... Uh, I wouldn't say violence, I'd say any self-defense to push back uh, the evil. And that's just because more people united and more people came together and then they just had no more support and that's non-compliance. So I understand things from a personal perspective for the people on the highway. But when you have an injustice, I mentioned it in my presentation on true freedom, when you have an injustice taking place, your, your right to just do whatever you want, which is a basic right to do whatever you want, as long as you're not violating the rights of others, well, that doesn't trump people getting together to try to bring justice to a grave injustice, they're trying to do something to bring an end to a, an injustice by bringing justice to it, even though the government's probably going to ignore them. That's beside the point for what I'm making here is that they they are trying to do something for outside of just themselves regarding an injustice to happen to maybe one person or ten people. versus the people in the cars, well, they, they might care to some degree like, oh, that's awful. But and then when they're stuck in their car, yeah, there might be issues of like, oh, your kid's at home alone or whatever. Those are other things. But the the attempt to bring justice to an injustice is a higher right, a higher duty than just the basic right of doing whatever you want as long as it doesn't initiate harm to another. So, um, yeah, and I was talking about numbers. Um, and the... Uh, what fred mentioned with uh talking to people about uh they're stuck in like the illusion of thinking things everything's an illusion it doesn't matter then you're not motivated to actually do things for the right reasons and um that's largely based those those ideas are largely based on on uh, the pleasure trap because it makes them feel good these ideas make them feel good they can just abdicate personal responsibility do nothing and everything's fine the universe has it, uh, whatever, uh, the quantum field has it, God has it, you know, whoever they want to say has it. They don't have to do anything. So it's a cop-out. It's wanting to stay an eternal child. And you know, the ultimate problem, yeah, the, the dark occultists are a problem, the Satanists are a problem. But if all you do is like, I have, I have uh, Thanos' there, and I'm just going to snap them out of existence. Other ones are just going to take their place. So ultimately it comes back to us, the problem, and our consciousness, our state of consciousness, our devolved state of consciousness, and why people bind to things because it makes them feel good, these beliefs that feel good, or why people comply with tyranny and greater enslavement because they're in fear, and uh, why people don't care about injustice when they're just focused on what they can get for themselves or their family, what they can get out of life that serves those ends. That's what I had to say.
3: Great
0: points, Chris. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's kind of go around last few comments from everybody and then I'll probably close up the podcast tonight. Um, I still got a lot of work to do um, to prepare for upcoming events, but um, I love this discussion and um, a lot of things came up for me Um so we'll continue discussions. We're going to do another roundtable, by the way, um, October 5th. Um, next week, no podcast because I'm going to be out camping. I'm going to finally relax from the stressful time I've been in recently um, doing so much stuff. But uh, any closing thoughts there, Fred? What, what's on your mind?
4: I mean, there's something I wanted to bring in and maybe it's, it's not the most positive, but we're the principle we will be where the principle will be when people will be hungry or in fear and this is this is the the point that i i i, I contemplated upon that and principle are good to to an extent in the society that we are living now, principle are not the 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 big popular concept to be or to think. So, for the individual, principle are basis, fundamental or it, etiquette of how you behave into society and how you behave with yourself. Well, essentially, what we're trying to do with the great work and all these things is to put an emphasis on self-responsibility and self-care. Because it's the problem is mental. So the solution will be in the mental realm. This is how we treat something that does you cannot touch it. Fear, you cannot touch fear. You cannot touch tyranny. But you can see it. You know. You can observe it. You can learn from it. Because it's a mental thing. It's a prison. Inside your mind. And this is what we have to counter. Principles are good. And I, I, I stand on these principles. Of natural law. But life is life. And. When you have to do the things to survive and take care of your uh, of of your relative of your family, sometimes principle can maybe be tossed aside, you know, for for necessities, you know. Yeah, I don't know if I I I I I make I I made sense of that, but it's it's an important point, and I I I suggest everyone to. Contemplate and meditate on these questions, because I mean, we're talking about principle and sending them in the air. But essentially, if you if you cannot understand them, it's useless. It's simple as that. Yeah,
0: and what I'm really taking away from what you're saying, Fred, too, is that you know there is the reality of of the choices that people are making Mm -hmm. in the mass, and that includes us in a lot of ways even if we think we've um, kind of transcended it in some ways by starting to define the principles, we each still have to decide in reality in the nitty gritty life where we're going to take our stand. And um, that would be, I think a good place to kind of where I'd like to leave folks off who might be watching or listening is um, definitely give thought to principles, try to define principles, but ultimately um as as best you can Mm -hmm. know what your boundaries are and where you stand and which principles that you're gonna um really abide by or stay close to or get as close as you can to considering where you're at and what you're dealing with um chris sarah either of you want to add any closing thoughts on that Oh, oh, sorry, Sarah. I need to like, unmute you. I muted you because you were getting some background sound. Sorry about that.
2: Oh, um, maybe it was the AC. I just turned it off. Sorry about that.
0: Oh, it's all good. It's all good.
2: I'm trying to be in a quiet room today. <laughs> um, I, Yeah, like, I, I mean, I totally agree with everything you guys said. And, you know, reality is like rea- what Chris was saying. Reality is certainly not an illusion because we're experiencing it. Um, which is what I think we're supposed to all be doing, you know, anyway. We're part of spirit or God or whatever people want to source. So I think it's a, a combination, you know, we need to use all of these tools in our toolbox to be able to not just know and understand, you know, morality and prin- the principles and ethical behavior, but practice them. And um, I do feel like I kind of, te- like, the way I think I try to work with people is not just like, here's the, here's the information, take it in. I'm more like, okay, here's the information, um, but you tell me what you think about that. And then I kind of work with people to kind of get them to understand because I think a lot of people, they're, they're being blocked because of like what we have in our medicine and our food and our water is kind of like shutting down their brains to some capacity. So they can't just pick it up. And I think it's like a process of recreation for their own selves, their own fractions of spirit. So um, I do try, you know, I, I agree with everything you guys said, um, but I, I guess I do try to, I think everybody's got their own process of figuring a lot of this stuff out. And um, I have seen people actually grow in the right direction, you know, or what I would say in the more, you know, principle based or uh, ethical mor- moral direction. And sometimes I think we're in a position in our society so far that, you know, we need to kind of start healing it's like healing the sick as, as how I see it. And, you know, we've been, we've been assaulted and, you know, if we didn't have what we had with our food and water and medicine as poisonous as some, a lot of that, most of that is, you know, we may, we may not be in the position spiritually globally as a global family that we were, that we are in today. I think that has a lot to do with it. So I would always encourage everybody to just try to teach with love and gratitude and patience even to those who would call you names and spit in your face over it, you know, because they're they're all they're all part of our human family. They're part of our community family. So that's what I would I would hope to see (laughs) at least that, you know, lead by example.
0: That's very big hearted of you, you know, and I think if everybody could embrace humanity with that, we'd be in a lot better shape. So, um, Chris, um, thanks so much for joining me. looks like you're not feeling so great today, but you're a king for uh, pushing through and doing it anyway. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts there?
1: No, I'm good. I'm, uh, awesome. the flu, uh, cloudiness and headache has exacerbated. <laughs> yeah. Let's all like it more. send
0: Chris some healing vibes and, um, hope he's able to heal up and your body will do its thing. Just, um, drink a lot of water and, um, be patient. I guess ultimately patience, I think is one of the best things we have to deal with all these problems is, um, you know, patience, care. And then also, um, you know, part of it is having a hard edge and knowing where, where enough is enough and where we, you know, where we're going to draw our boundaries. And so I hope this conversation inspires and motivates folks to, um, you know, consider that. Where you draw your boundaries, where you're going to take your stand, what principles mean to you. And the more of us that are thinking on those lines, the better off we'll all be, you know, step by step, like Leslie said in the chat. Hey, thanks so much, um, Sarah and Fred and Chris for coming today. Job, I really appreciate it. And, um, we'll, we'll be back with more roundtables in the future. Thanks, Take folks. Care. Thanks,
2: guys. Bye. Feel better, Chris.
0: All right. Have a good night, everyone.
2: Bye. I'm,
4: I'm in a prison. I'm in a mental prison and a physical one at that and definitely a spiritual one.
1: Whether that's recognized at a conscious level or not.
3: As I wake from my sleep, this situation got me thinking deep. World of the same. and all life is an extinction. Evil creates in your dreams. Secret team throwing me and the filling in the in-between. Seed 5 Metamorphosis, September 23rd and 24th, a free
1: online conference about the occult, esotericism, freedom, history, philosophy, symbology, and natural law. Register at seedtruth.com.